Hi, I'm Zach. Hi, I'm Johnny. Hi, I'm Bridget. Hi, I'm Adam. And we've we we never, never seen Better, better Watch Out. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. You heard all our names up top because this is a quadruple hot seat episode. Uh, though if we sound a little off, it's because all of our hot seats are remote <laughs> this week. Uh, we have returned uh, for this episode like we did most of last winter and early spring uh, to a remote episode. So apologies if we sound a little off. But this is the show where we show somebody, anybody, sometimes multiple people, a film they've never seen before, but they probably should have. As you hopefully could understand up top, we are watching the 2016 film Better Watch Out. This is a Christmas movie, but I believe it's going to go into the uh, dark and scary territory. So that's why we've brought Zach back with us. Uh, it's been a while since you've been on, Zach, but welcome back to the show. Yeah. Thank you, sir. So, Zach, I think you are a resident horror expert here. Uh, we had you on last Christmas season for Black Christmas. Uh, a film that I think we all enjoyed uh, quite a bit. Um, so you are here to watch the spooky spookies with us uh, for the Christmas season. Now, have you heard of this movie, Zach, as the horror expert on the show? I really haven't, except for from Johnny mentioning it recently as an option for us. From what I hear, it's getting me a little bit excited. Okay. How it slipped the radar, if it if it does have something to it. Now, do you usually try to watch a scary Christmas movie every year, or do you just like watching scary movies? And if you've come across a Christmas one at Christmas time, you'll watch it. Yeah, the second. There's just not a lot of good Christmas horror. It's such a niche. And that's why, uh, you know, the, the potential of this being a good Christmas horror, you know, that would put it on the map because it's such rare territory. Very true. Now, we've obviously talked on this show, uh, Johnny, Bridget, and I, and myself, uh, about our, some of our favorite Christmas movies. But since it's been a while since we've talked Christmas movies with you, Zach, why don't you kind of give uh, the listeners kind of a baseline of your holiday movie watching experiences? Okay, so should I be embarrassed to admit that I love the Home Alones? No, not, not at all. No. One and two? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just absolutely love him. Macaulay Culkin is amazing. At least at that point in his career, he was amazing. Let me see. I really like It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. You know, uh, that's a long one with a lot of dialogue, but it's just, you know, that's the way movies were done back then. And this one was done really, really well. Wasn't a fan of White Christmas. I do like Miracle on 34th, the original. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not, not that. Maybe it's one of the many originals. I think there's what, like a 1934 one and then like the 1995 one or whatever. Yeah, with Matilda yeah. or something. Yeah. Like the one from the 40s. Like yeah. it, maybe they redid it with color or something. Yeah, yeah the, it came out in black and white and I think they re released it in color and then made a new one in the 90s. Okay, so the original, but when it was done in color. And I guess that means I equally. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, are you usually the type to go and watch the same movies every year? Do you do like, oh, this year's a Home Alone year. Next year will be a classics, Miracle on 34th kind of year. 
the wife and I like to watch Christmas movies together. And a lot of times, you know, they'll be the same ones. We'll take a year off from certain movies, but there's just not a ton of great Christmas material. Do you find that too? I mean, unless you're going to start going into Hallmark stuff and, and that just takes the great part right out of it. I kind of like that. It's not like it is oversaturated, but like oversaturated with like instant classics. I think the ones that like the newest ones you could say are like Christmas classics or like, like elf I think is really the only one that can sit up there. Mm hmm. Beyond that, it's like all the ones from the 90s and, you know, the Miracle on 34th and the Wonderful Lives and the Christmas stories. But, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, Zach. It's just there's not a ton of ones you would consider classics or ones worth revisiting every year. Well, you know, I like I like Bad Santa. I think some people don't like that movie at all, but I think it's a funny one to watch every year. But it's not like a cult. Eh, I don't know. I guess maybe you can call it a holiday classic. But... I'd be insulted if you called it a classic just now. Yeah. But, yeah, but I think that's one that's in a lot of people's wheelhouse that they they have to watch every year. So that I mean that at least makes sense. I think you you go and every couple every decade there'll be one or two Christmas movies of the I'm sure hundreds of garbage ones that are released that will pick up steam in the following years and kind of gain traction and become classics. Like I don't think anybody would have said I need to watch Bad Santa every year in 2004. But now that could be easily on someone's I have to watch that every year. Yeah, you have like your holiday sweets and like your holiday sours, if you will. You know what I mean? The ones that have the edge and the bad Santas and the um, I don't know, I guess, I guess you call Christmas vacation. Some of the ones that mm -hmm. are a little more cynical in nature towards the holidays. Um, I, like I like that metaphor. But uh, yeah, I get what you're saying, Zach. There's just not like a ton to think of recently, but. It is interesting that I, again, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but, you know, thinking of what are some ho holiday horror movies that we could do because we all love Black Christmas. And I went to Reddit and some other places, and this one popped up quite a bit. And the fact that it's only a few years old is pleasantly surprising. So, Now, are there any, besides Black Christmas, Zach, are there any other holiday horror? I know it's a, like you said, it's a niche genre, but are there any other holiday horror movies that you've seen or enjoyed? I mean, Krampus was a lot of fun. It's not a game changer. Uh, it's not something you have to watch every year. But as far as being in that really specific niche and just uh, being entertaining uh, and, and creative, original, so it gets some points. I watched uh, Jingle All the Way the other day. Nice. We just did that uh, a couple weeks ago for the show. It's an, it's fun. Um <laughs> The end gets a little a little ridiculous, and I think at one point in time I was like, "Well, this is a somewhat realistic movie," and then they just keep taking it out of the believability realm. But if you realize that that's what it is, it's just a lot of fun, you know. It's definitely got the Christmas themes. It's saturated in Christmas, which is great. Totally checks that box, and it's mm -hmm. just fun, you know. Yeah, I think that was pretty much the consensus we came away from that it's fun, but it's not it's not really anything. <laughs> But it's yeah. but fun. <laughs> nice. So, Zach, I think we did talk about this last last time that you were on, and I think we've brought it up a few times with some of the other scary things that we've watched. What are your favorite kinds of horror movies? Are you more of a slasher? Or are you more of a jump scares? Where do you kind of land on the scary stuff? I think if it's well done, I'm going to appreciate it and enjoy it. But are you, do you want like the slow burn towards like a big climax thing? Or do you want like a bunch of little scares throughout? I don't want it to be too slow of a burn. I will be disappointed if if nothing actually happens in a movie. That's going to be a big issue for me. 
you got to make something happen. If you're going to tell me a story, something's got to happen in the story. But um, it's okay if there's no blood at all. It's also okay if it's over-the-top, ridiculous, you know, slapstick gore. I guess the only place where it gets a little awkward for me is when it's a really serious movie taking itself completely seriously and there's a ton of gore at the same time where it becomes like a torture porn or something Mm. Uh, that's gonna sort of uh turn me off and i'd have to think a bit more to to figure out where else horror could go that i wouldn't really want to go with it okay fair enough so now bridget we uh we brought this movie up have do you know anything about uh better watch out nothing (laughs) <laughs> Didn't even know the name until today. Okay, fair enough. Now, Johnny, you said you saw this on some list. Do you know anything more about it or anything that you're able to share at least? I think I need to share at least one thing going in. Okay. Just so it's not a temper expectation thing. It's so you know what kind of movie to expect. Kind of in the vein of what Zach was kind of talking about. It's going to be in the same vein as like a Krampus, I think where it's going to have horror elements, but it's also going to have some comedy elements, I think a little bit to it, but I don't think it's going to be farce. I think it's going to be tonally, uh, hybrid, if you will. So like a scream or like, or a scary movie. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's kind of, (laughs) Got to be one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, well, because I mean, those have, you know, those 90s teen ones do have a, a fair bit of funny stuff in it. Right. In between with, the murdering. With the thrill and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's um, what to expect from this one. Okay. Not It's not going to be like dead ass like some other horror movies. Has there been a horror movie yet called Dead Ass? Or do you think there, sh- there, sh- the there should be? There and I'm sure be. it's disgusting to watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll trademark the name so no one can steal it. And if they do, they got to pay us all the monies. Yeah. Dead ass December. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're we're already we're already way ahead for next year. So I'm I know, yeah, we're already penciling that theme for next year. Love it. Big fan. So yeah, Zach, do you have any kind of expectations for this? Maybe piggy piggybacking off of what Johnny just said in terms of what to expect a little bit. Do you have any other kinds of expectations here? No, uh, no expectations is a good thing. I'm totally with Bridget. Pretty much that I was like, what's the name of that movie you were talking about? And, you know, it's it's supposed to be decent, right? And that's, you know, about as far as my knowledge goes. I like the idea that it's sort of like Krampus, where it's going to be playful and sort of magical, but in a sinister way. It's kind of a fun area to explore. What about you, Bridget? What are kind of your expectations going into this, knowing zero about the movie ahead of time? Um, hmm. God, I guess I am expecting something a little bit lighter than Black Christmas, mm-hmm. which I did. I loved, but it definitely it has more of a 70s feel. Be interesting to see this taken into sort of modern day. So I don't think we've watched a modern horror film yet. Uh, no, no. I don't think so. Wow. So, so this will be... Good to see what we jive with and what we don't. Okay. Johnny, how about you? Um, I'm expecting a lot of uh, festive things looking on screen, a lot of Christmas trees and wreaths and sort of that, that 
that play of cheerfulness against maybe blood and other things that are just anarchic to the whole holiday season, I suppose. But uh, the way, again, again, I didn't really didn't want to read a lot about it, but I'm expecting a very fun movie in different ways. So, Okay. Yeah, I looked up, obviously, just like pulling up the like the IMDb page just to get a sense of what we were in for and make sure that we were going to be talking about the right movie, uh, as they always remake things and do different stuff. So I want to make sure I was looking at the right one. And recognized only a couple people in the cast, but they were a little bit farther down the list. And the directors only made, I think, one other thing, which is something I'd never heard of. So I don't I'm not going in with very high expectations for this. Yeah, but I don't uh, think me either. You know, given that I also don't really like horror movies to begin with necessarily. So I'm tempering the expectations a bit um, in that regard. And then obviously if the stars at the top aren't anybody that you've heard of, there's probably a reason for that. And to Zach's point earlier, it is probably also a reason why this may have slipped through the cracks. So I'm, I don't think I'm expecting to have my world lit on fire here, but I'm going in, I guess, cautiously optimistic to see that it could, you know, be a fun, a fun enough romp where I, I come away liking it. And I think I'm, I'm excited for the fact that it is more of a comedy blend horror movie a little bit. So that way there can be some lighter moments or some more Christmassy moments to hopefully even things out and elevate, hopefully if it's a lackluster horror aspect or the horror elevates a lackluster Christmas aspect. Like, so I'm hoping that the two can work together to make a, a better movie than either one of them by itself would have been able to pull off. So is there anything else that we want to get out there? Any other thoughts that we want to have going in Zach, anything that you want to uh, let us know or anything else that you're thinking about this movie before we go ahead and watch it? I think low expectations, that's a good thing. And uh, also, I got my Christmas tree lit, so I want to know about what your situation is, guys. Our Christmas tree situation? Yeah, it's lit. You gotta have your Christmas tree lit. <laughs> Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, mine is not lit, because Bambi chewed through the light cord. Oh, oh my god. No. <laughs> so, it's up. It's behind me. That is dead ass. <laughs> it's dead ass. <laughs> Oh, that's a bummer. Are you going to yeah. try to relight it for the for the day? Yeah, it's it, but it's not happening tonight. No, that's fair. <laughs> so we'll see if and when it happens. Just okay. shine battery powered flashlights at it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah stick a bunch of like LED puck lights in it all around. Right. Yeah. To look oh, at the, her. There's the terrorist right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a menace. <laughs> Like, I'll chew through all your cords. Don't even. I'm dead ass about this. She, she literally, she like came up to me and was like, let me nibble on your headphones while you're talking. Oh, man. Let me get a nibble. Let me I ruin things for you. But she's very naughty and she's going to have to go in the bathroom for round oh. two. <laughs> um, cool. All right. Well, then I guess it's time for us to break off this beginning part and and go watch this. So, uh, guys, what do we have to say for ourselves? Fine. 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 I'll watch, I'll it. watch it.
All right, we are back. We have just finished watching 2016's, maybe 2017. I think I looked it up and it was like it came out in a festival in 2016, but it's really a 2017 movie. Better watch out. We were all on the hot seat this week, uh, so we're going to go around the room virtually to get thoughts on everybody. So, Zach, I'm going to start with you because you are a guest this week. How are you feeling after watching this movie? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> so, I have to break something to you guys. When when I started watching, I realized, and this is a quote from my mother, she always says, oh, I've seen this. <laughs> as soon as you get a movie going, my mom's like, oh, I've seen this. That's good. In, half an hour in. Oh, I've seen this. And it's just like crushing. It's like, is that necessarily always a bad thing, mother? Um, okay, I'll move on from that. Uh, so I realized that I have seen this movie before. And I think that's a bit telling that when you guys were talking about what movie we're going to watch, that it didn't ring any bells. And also I realized that I love going into movies knowing absolutely nothing. However, in this case, obviously, if I had looked into it a bit more, I might have realized, guys, I've already seen this. Maybe we pick a different one or 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 I'm the guy who has seen it. Mm -hmm. You can always have a guy who's seen it, right? The funniest part about this to me is that you even texted us right before you're set to record. And you're like, guys, it's cool that I don't know anything about this, right? Like, it's totally fine that, like, I know nothing. And we're like, yeah, dude, that's absolutely <laughs> yeah. fine. That's part of the charm of the show is that sometimes we go in and know absolutely nothing. And then you're the one who's seen it. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Well, we'll so get into it the second time. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into a little bit about maybe why you don't remember it or not. But how are you feeling now after watching this for the second time, I assume? Uh, I don't love it. Do you want me to start going into detail now? Because I don't. I don't know how to give like little, you know, little headliners and then just wait for the details later. I'm probably just going to start tearing away. Well, we'll, all right. Well, so we'll come back and we'll let you tear away a little bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, Johnny, how about you? This was something that you had sought out. I think you said you saw it on some lists, on the Internet, on Reddit, wherever it was. How are you feeling after watching the movie? Yeah, I, I, I kind of hate this movie. <laughs> um. Every time I think it did something I want where I wanted to go, it completely just like misfired a lot. It just I don't know. Yeah, it sucked. I think it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I think it sucked. Yeah. I think it sucked. Uh, I think Bridget, it what sucked. about you? Um give it a, a D minus, you know? Like I can't point to anything too technically wrong with it, but it wasn't doing anything right either. Yeah, it's fairly polished. It's just everything inside of that vehicle is wrong. <laughs> On multiple levels. The wrong person is driving. Yeah. You know, it's... Adam. Next week for... Yep. <laughs> what about you, Adam? Um. The first 30 minutes were really good. I really liked the first 30 minutes. And then when the movie gets into its plot, I didn't like anything. 
And then I was the whole rest of the, like, cause it's very short. It's only like 89 minutes. And so for the next hour, I was like, just give me a satisfying ending. That's all I ask for at this point is a satisfying ending or make it make sense at the very least. And it didn't do that. So there was, there wasn't anything to redeem it in the end. So I, yeah, I also think it's probably like a D <laughs> D minus. This would have been an absolute complete F if not for the fact that like the first 30 minutes I thought was a really good start to a horror movie to the point where when I like, I had to go to get up for a second. So like I paused it and I was like, Oh, Oh, this isn't the whole movie. Oh, we still got a lot left. Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, you're like, is this going to be like a Strangers? Exactly. That's what I thought this was going to be. If some people try to break in, I mean, we get the ominous car at the start and that they were going to they were going to be held hostage by actual strangers. Uh, and then that was uh, not the case. So I, yeah. I liked the riveting nature and was pretty on edge and scared through the first half an hour. And then once... Once it sets up what the movie is actually about, it completely derails itself. And I I, did, I really couldn't stand a good amount of what came after. Yeah. When it becomes <laughs> a middle school production of Funny Games. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's like a, to, yeah, to me, the movie, like, as soon as, like, the kid started doing his thing, it just reminded me of, like, the last, like, 10 minutes of Scream, like, for, like, 80 minutes. And not, a, like, good in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> Not, if you not, know what I mean, like completely unhinged, trying to explain why they're doing what they're doing, and the motivation doesn't make any fucking sense. No. And the kid is not 12. Doesn't act like a 12. Well, no, he's going to be 13 in two weeks. Right, so. okay, yeah. He's <laughs> practically Doesn't 13. act like a two and a half, two and a three quarters, or 12 and three quarters child, but. No, this was like some weird Dexter prequel of like, here's here's the serial killer that that's 12. And we're going to watch this unfold and maybe there'll be a rescue. There's no rescue. But, this, but at least Dexter kills people that like need to be like taken off this planet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This would be before he learns the moral code. <laughs> right. His dark passenger. Yeah. <laughs> the cat is the dark passenger. Yeah. Yeah. I a lot like of shots. Of that, yeah. A lot of shots of that black cat. It was nice because I was also being haunted by a black cat in my own life. So. <laughs> just coming and fucking shit up for me. <laughs> Chewing my mic cord. Your Christmas tree cord. My Christmas tree cord. Any cord in sight. Yum, 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 yum. Maybe it was foreshadowing. Maybe. Well, not really, because the cat has no bearing on anything. <laughs> like, they just keep showing it, but it doesn't It doesn't do anything. It's not even like it's, oh, if the cat walks in front of you, that person's going to die in the movie. Because that's not even what happens it only walks in front of like two people and only one of them dies. So it's not even like it's a good ominous yeah. thing. Like I, I just, it was just weird, I, weird placement. Right. I will say like the one positive thing and it's that I say this verily, like, <laughs> like I really don't want to say it's a positive, but it like, it definitely subverted a lot of my expectations as far as how it went in certain things. I, again, just like things like, killing the girl at the end and all this like all these people dying and then all the false red herrings like they kept like showing insert shots of washing machines and yeah i guess the pencil came back but like the black cat like you mentioned you thought the black cat would maybe come back because it was always mm -hmm. ran over in the beginning and then yeah but that's a thing of like i feel like subverting expectations has become this it's assumed to be a good thing 
but decision a good yeah yeah if you think about it like if i'm expecting to go to a steakhouse and then the waiter comes over and like uncovers my plate and it's a pile of dog shit i don't go like wow i'm really glad you subverted my expectations Ah! what a a pleasant surprise (laughs) i was surprised by the twist but then it's like oh i don't want this yeah this isn't what i want i want an adult home alone horror movie yeah which is what i was told i was getting yeah it was like an inverse r-rated home alone and it was terrible yeah see i would have even i would have taken the r-rated home alone if again there was actual adults trying to rob the place and he just went on a killing spree it was weird that he just turned it on his friends and loved ones (laughs) and hamsters yeah yeah that's the thing is if you wrote in just like just a little bit of like a motivation of why he hated the boyfriend or the ex-boyfriends or her or the other kid, it's like some of it might be like it might get even like a pat, like a, like a C minus or something like that, if you will. Yeah. But here it's just the motivation is so silly. It's like right there. They took the the cliche of every babysitter in a movie has a creepy boyfriend. Like that's just a trope. And they're just like, they'll believe that if we just say, but he's bad for you. He's such a jerk. He's always not remembering your birthday. Like, I should kill him. (laughs) I'd hang with Jeremy for like eight minutes. (laughs) Dude, Jeremy, what's Jeremy's just a clown. You deserve to die. Jeremy's the one that got hung, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ricky's the pencil. Ricky's the pencil. When Jeremy showed up was probably the only like I that was the first time I had smiled in the movie and I'd been like <laughs> like eighty two minutes into the running time. <laughs> like he was drinking a beer, getting all ready, like practicing. I'm like, this is like the first like charismatic, like funny type of character. Yeah. And he just went in like four minutes. Yeah. It's a very f- it feels very flat. The parts that are supposed to be funny are not like <sighs> I don't know. I I did get a good chuckle. I did get a good chuckle out of Virginia Madsen asking Patrick Warburton if he's ever sucked a cock. (laughs) Where he's like, he wants to hang like his uh, like Wizard of Oz ornaments, and she's like, have you have you ever sucked a dick like another man's dick, like a special friend, like a guy at camp, (laughs) like that whole thing? I did laugh at that. I thought that was pretty funny. But then, yeah, no more smiles until Jeremy. (laughs) No more smiles until Jeremy. That's a good time. All right, so maybe that's a, a good segue into some of the stuff I have. Yeah, it's a destroying the movie. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. We're letting you loose. Go open ahead. fire. Shotgun or handgun, your choice. Necessarily yeah. Take the shotgun, it's loaded. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys have seen um, The Babysitter. No. I don't no, think I, I have. Like the, that's the, the Netflix it... one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's sort of a shame, actually, that you guys rarely give – a chance to a horror movie and then the genre sort of really lets you down tonight and it's like oh damn it well how badly is this gonna hurt their chances of revisiting the genre <laughs> um, the babysitter similar premise uh where it starts off that a uh, babysitter great relationship with this you know sweet young kid that you know they're buds but it goes in a totally different direction the difference is the babysitter doesn't take itself 
so seriously, it embraces the absurdity of of the entire movie, and so it's got this uh, feel to it of just fun, ridiculous, and and it it does so well. It really scores that movie. So you know, if you're gonna give you know a a, a scary movie a shot, that's a that's a pretty good one. This movie clearly just takes itself too seriously. Um, it's too slow moving, and your villain is just weak. Also, our our girl here, our um, protagonist, she doesn't really look that terrified. She's just kind of annoyed the entire time, and I can relate. <laughs> I, I mean, like- I kind of – I buy her look from the at the very least because it's just like she doesn't believe he's going to go through with any of the things he ends up going through with. So she's just trying to reason with him and de-escalate. So, like, I get the – she looks really scared when she thinks it's a home invasion. So she sells that, and then after that, she's like, okay, can we please just – okay, you got me. You scared me. You uh, you found out I'm a virgin. Like, can we just stop now, please? Like, come on. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you about, you know, that face for that purpose. But then once the paint can happens and even the shotgun happens and she still just looks totally annoyed with this kid, which I can't blame her because to sum up this movie, I feel like I've been tied to a chair, and I'm just staring with such an annoyed face. Yeah, she's not given a lot to do. You know, there's not like the peaks and valleys of a typical horror movie where you have the final girl like trying to do this thing. And oh, shit, this doesn't work. And oh, shit, I'm going to go like, you know, besides that, the opening during the home invasion and even the way that she gets out of it is just like play dead. Yeah, there's like not a redemption at all for her. Like, I really just wanted that kid's face to be smashed in at the end. And that wouldn't even like save the movie, but at least she'd have, like, a hero's moment of, like, killing this kid. Especially and all she does is just give back, like, a middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> if she yeah. set him up with a paint can, that would have been an ending. Yeah, that was my whole thing, is, like, I please just let this kid get absolutely destroyed by the end of this. Like, let somehow her get out of it, and, like, she breaks his legs or something, and then his parents come home, and he's grounded and in prison or whatever. Like, give me some kind of comeuppance for this little piece of shit but yeah it's got it's got to be hard to just have your whole acting role be tied to a chair like i would have liked her when she got when she busted out of that chair to be out and free for more than three minutes you know like go upstairs hide like do something else other than get shot by a paintball gun or a bb gun and then get hit in the head with a brick yeah not enough hijinks and the one bit like that is sort of mousetrap esque is just a riff on another movie, like the whole paint can bit. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, it was like trying to do like an homage to like obviously the paint can, the spider, the pencil, I think is like a nail from like the step down. I mean, there's oh, a number true. of home alone things that I was seeing. And they weren't necessarily like clever or like, oh yeah, I reckon that's funny. It's just like, I don't know. It was annoying by that point. Yeah. yeah. Did we? Uh, maybe I missed it. Did we ever hear the conversation between Garrett and what's his name, Luke? Is that his name? About the paint can? Like, did they ever discuss like, dude, Home Alone's so unrealistic. Like, the paint can would have totally killed him or anything. Like, did they have that conversation or was he just like, hey, remember we talked about this off screen before the movie? Let's test it out. 
No, in the very beginning, they did discuss it, and one of them okay. was like researching online and saying that would that would break his face right open. You know. Oh, okay. All I remember from the beginning was they were talking about horror movies make women uh, aroused. Not this one. <laughs> no. I'm probably wrong. But they weren't watching Black Christmas on the TV, were they? When like they were going no. up to the attic. No. I think it was, or at least it wasn't the 70s version that we watched. Okay. But it was some, uh, to me, it was just a generic, like, horror B-roll. Yeah. Right. I think it was too low budget to really just get any sort of copyright for a yeah. movie or something like that. But. Mm -hmm. I thought when, like, when you see that girl in the movie there watching, like, shaking the door to get in, I was like, oh, is this Black Christmas? But then when I saw the guy in the weird mask. Like dragging the cleaver against the brick. Yeah, that was like a different movie, but there was like a shot where like someone's going up into an attic, and I was like, "Oh, this is pretty funny because this is just like a 360 from last year." Mm -hmm. That's true. Her falling through the attic was pretty crazy, though. That was a good catch by him before he. Why are there so many spiders upstairs in the attic? What kind of spiders are those? Those are like They're arachnophobia like spiders. They're huge. <laughs> like Australian spiders. Were they yeah. all his spiders, or did he just put one spider in the terrarium because he is a creeping weirdo? Like, were they his spiders? <laughs> did he have the power of spiders? Yeah, maybe. Did we watch it? Did we just watch a Spider-Man movie? Yeah, Homecoming. <laughs> yeah, no, no way home too. Yeah. <laughs> but really, what you guys are talking about with the Home Alone stuff, I think it's cool to do a little homage. It's also kind of cool the Mythbusters aspect of it. Like, we're going to prove whether it's real or not. But what really would have been cool is, like you guys said, uh, an adult scary Home Alone where, I don't know, it could be absurd. But, like, these people keep trying to break in and this kid just set up all these crazy traps and they're getting mangled, you know, and that would be fine. We know it's ridiculous. We're watching something ridiculous, but... Yeah, I mean, at this point, I would have liked the A to B to see, like, Home Alone ripoff, but, like, like the R-rated version. I've seen, like, YouTube cuts of people digitally insert blood and stuff like that into some of the scenes, and I'm like, that's kind of cool. It'd be kind of cool to see, like, a, a kid really fucking up, like, some some intruders with knives and shit like that. And But it just happened to all the wrong people in the movie. Yeah, yeah. or and or, like, have, you know, instead of having the sticky bandits be, you know, these clowns, make them actually scary, make them a funny game style intruder. And then these two kids have to haphazardly paint can and nail gun and glue trap their way to out of there. Or something. Right. But even if you went and did a thing where like, it starts with the parents home getting broken into and make it like the kid on a revenge mission. If you want the kid to be like a stone cold murderer, at least give it a reason to be like, oh, well, he's just he's getting revenge for his parents. Uh, he's a fucked up individual. But, hey, those guys were assholes, too. Like no one here sucks except for that kid. I know. Again, I even if they inserted like a shot of him, like scribbling like blood and knives into like a journal, like 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 one quick shot. It's like, oh, there's something really fucked up with this kid. That may have done a little something for the movie to explain. Like he's just a fucking a psychopath. Yeah. But for the first 30 minutes, he's kind of like just desperate, sweet kid, you know, drinking a little bit of whatever, the champagne or whatever. He knows this girl's leaving, being desperate. But yeah, yeah there's, no there's no indication in that 30 minutes that the kid's a fucking what he capable of doing for the rest of the movie. Yeah, they make it seem like it's Garrett that yeah. first 30 minutes. And then you find out he's he's yeah. Garrett's kind of a psychopath. 
when Garrett got shot trying to leave the house, I was like, good. This guy kind of sucks. Like, you know, he's this little 12-year-old with his weed socks and talking about how his brother got him pot and he's trying to steal uh, the mom's Oxycontin or whatever. I'm like, good. I'm kind of glad this guy's out of the way now because this kid sucks. <laughs> did you guys at any point buy, like, did you see through the charade of that home invasion at the beginning? Like, did any of you think that something was up? Or were you like me on the, this is going to be a Strangers-style movie? I There were things that made me feel, I was like, we killed, Garrett died too quickly. What's going on? You don't put so, some character in weed socks and then <laughs> kill him off 20 minutes in. There's too much potential there. You gotta That's watch more, more movies. Those guys usually little, go pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, a little. But we need more characters, right? At that point, it's like you got three characters. Okay, you killed one of them off. Ugh. What are we doing here, guys? Yeah, I'm, I mean, as, as soon as it happened, I was like, there's something up with that. Yeah, there better be some good plot to make up for the lack of characters and or character development. With this villain, a lot more character development would go a long way or, I don't know, like we love Michael Myers as a villain and there's not much of an explanation for why he's evil. So that can work, but th this kid falls somewhere in no man's land where it's just like, I'm not interested in him. There's not even a tinge of empathy. So I could somehow relate, and that's always interesting. The difference is the difference is with Michael Myers, though, is he's not the protagonist; he's yeah. the antagonist. This kid is basically the driving force. Like every line is basically him, because everybody else is duct taped for the whole thing. So it's weird that like he just has he has to carry this movie by himself, and he's I hesitate to say he's not a good enough actor to do so. Because I mean, I guess he's fine. He's just playing a sociopath, so it's a lot of deadpan delivery and whatever but there's not even a motivation that makes any kind of sense like this went from harmless prank because i want to bone you to full-on serial killer in the span of an hour and right. it just seems weird like the and then then the rest of that time like does no makes no attempts to explain this whatsoever other than i'm a nice guy you should date me kind of explanation which just doesn't work at all <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to tie you up. Uh, I'm the nice guy. Yeah. Well, those other guys are jerks because they're your boyfriends and they're what jerks they are. Yeah. I love the I love the boyfriend's a jerk explanation earlier, Adam. It's such a trope. It's like, he doesn't really care about you. Why are you with this guy? Yeah. And he didn't even give any examples. Like, it's not like he said, oh, remember when he did this? Or remember when he told the whole school that, like, you guys fucked? That doesn't come until later when she's already tied up and this guy's now the villain. Like, they don't even give you any kind of inklings that her boyfriends are actually jerks. All of her phone conversations just kind of make it seem like he's upset that she's leaving and he wants to get, you know, one last bone in or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I Did you see the flowers Ricky brought her? Right? That was a travesty. Some orchids in there? Ugh, a lot of lilies. It smell like a funeral, like right, right down the disposal. Up. Yeah, where they belong. Was it the thought that counted? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely does not. I got a question. Who delivered the pizza? Doesn't matter. Uh, his Garrett name Paul. is Red. Red herring. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it red is. That was pizza. an interesting shot, though. Because it looked like a grown-up, but it wasn't like a child handing. It wasn't like Garrett I mean, handing the pizza. 
No, but Garrett would have called. Garrett called and ordered the pizza. And then they played it off like, oh, no, I didn't order the pizza, which I guess is a weird plot thing of you have to bank on the girl forgetting to order the pizza. Otherwise, two pizzas would have showed up and the whole plan would have gone awry. (laughs) It's just weird. It's like no mushrooms and there's mushrooms on it. And if this kid planned it, why would you put mushrooms on it? Like, I just. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he did it to to make it seem like nobody, a mystery pizza showed up, which is scary with all of the other scary things that are about to happen. It's just like one piece of this fake home invasion puzzle. But yeah. Oh, like typical delivery. They fucked it up. Like, of course there's mushrooms on it. When I say don't put mushrooms on it. Well, no, as far as the babysitter knows, no one ordered a pizza. So they just ordered this pizza and he was like, Oh, it's probably my dad, you know, vegetables or whatever. Uh, Again, there's not really a whole lot of points to any of it. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I have a big question. I want uh, whoever feels like fielding it. Why was this movie so well embraced by critics? I, I think kind of what to like Bridget's point is everything is so washed out with just like being predictable, whatever. And honestly, that's probably something that we all just wanted from this movie anyways. But the subversion of all of that, I think a lot of times earns points for critics because they're like, oh, this is original and this is different and this is something that stands out regardless if it's something that's good or bad yeah so i think it gets they're like oh it gets a pass for me because it's memorable because of its subversion or that it's weird or different and it's a it's a the movie looks fine you know it doesn't I think sometimes people give horror if it's like just passing it becomes like oh revelation you know, mm. and it's, it's right. not. The bar is lower. The bar is lower. It is for lower. Some so reason. yeah, if you if you get above like a fresh rating in Rotten Tomatoes, like a horror movie, it's like it's it's got to be like a musty because typically they're like trash. They're like not good critics, and that's that's because historically critics just pan horror movies to begin with. They don't really understand them. Some do, most don't. So something like this comes along, it's a fresh idea, I guess in a way spun in a way that sort of looks different but yeah i wouldn't be surprised if all the taglines are like it's strangers meets home alone and you're like oh what's that about that sounds interesting let's do it but it's not good no no i'm I'm on the rotten tomatoes i know i just want to see what the bubbles are for each one of their display and like subverting expectations can be a good thing and if this movie had done any amount of work to justify its subversions I think this could have been something really good, but it never does any legwork. It's yeah. all surface level. It's all cosmetic. It's just, okay, the kid's just going to play truth or dare it's just so he can touch a tit. And then he's going to shoot his friend in the face as he cries for his mom and decapitate a guy. Yeah. Right. And it's not going to feel scary or funny or disturbing. It's not going to make you feel anything exactly. strongly. Honestly, it just it sort of it becomes mean spirit spirit of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and I you think know, it's and it's it, you can say this very easily about this movie, but I just I think it really just earns that that badge of just being mean spirited for a movie that again is about Christmas. Whatever we've talked about, movies that are sort of the the edgy Christmas movies that don't have to chase that sort of holiday um, cheer throughout it. But I mean, just in general, like even if it wasn't Christmas, just kind of like an unpleasant movie. Yeah. <laughs> 
This is really interesting too, because and this is sort of an inverse of what you often see, or I guess this is like the classic Rotten Tomatoes uh, reviewer versus audience score. So according to the Tomato Meter, which is like all the movie critics, eighty nine percent. Audience score is sixty five percent. That's still high. Higher than it deserves, but I think it. Well, that's a D. 65 is a, 65% is a D. So technically, I guess it's right there. But In the horror genre, that makes it a two thumbs up from Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Peter Bradshaw says, An ingenious and efficient black comic shocker unfolding in real time over one seasonal evening in a prosperous American home. See, I think sometimes <sighs> dumb critics, too, like, it's like, it's a black comedy, it's a satire, it's a critique. I'm like, it's not saying anything. It's yeah, like you said, Johnny, it's not. just mean-spirited. There's Yeah, there's no underlying themes, there's no metaphors, it's not like the, you know, oh, the kid is, he's meant to represent this. Like, no, he's just a sociopath who got turned down by his crush. Like, this isn't anything. Yeah. It's not um, dramatic. There's really... There's nothing. Yeah, this is, here's here's someone, so Jake Wilson says, while the film is more cartoonish than psychologically believable, it's willing to go to some genuinely uncomfortable places. Again, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, if it's not well executed or doesn't, like, leave you feeling anything, whatever. Yeah, it's got to have an impact. It can't just be like, look, I did something uncomfortable and just... Yeah. Not yeah. enough. We need a reason. We need something meaningful. Yeah. yeah. And I even think, too, Zach, you were talking about, like, oh, like, I don't need the blood or whatever. I think for this movie, it's like once you get on, like, that, that like, okay, this is going to be a mean-spirited movie kind of in the vein of Hostel or Saw or any of these other ones. It's like, all right, if you're going to do that, then fine. Just give me, like, the goods. Give me the disgusting shots of, like, it did. It actually, like, didn't show a lot. It, like, cut away or didn't mm -hmm. show, like, the paint can or the head being blown off with a shotgun or any of that. It's like, if you're not going to give me a good horror movie, like, like a good story, characters and shit like that, then give me the gross, disgusting shit mm -hmm. at least. Yeah. Um, again, it was still – it wasn't, like, not, not bloody, but – and it did some clever things with the blood and the yellow paint, like – Again, this is a very polished movie as far as some of the shots and things like that. But I think, if anything, then just give me the gross heads caved in or whatever. Yeah, like I can I can watch The Devil's Rejects, not because it's a great story, but because it's over-the-top gore. You know, and this is just kind of weird and in the middle, And but it's, its story doesn't carry it through enough. So, yeah. I mean, I did like the, the blood mixing with the yellow paint. I thought that was very stark imagery, but that yeah. was— that was kind of yeah because it. it has it has like that flashes and i i hate to use his name again something that's so horrible like this uh, this sort of material but like there's like flashes of like tarantino-ish sort of like filmmaking here but again it's not grindhouse enough for me yeah. to accept what's going on as being that not nearly it's not nearly grindhouse Oh, it's yeah. like not really grindhouse at all. It just it it looks like it wants to flirt with that world. It just doesn't. It should just go full throttle. Yeah, full throttle in some direction. It really like you guys have really made some good points about how it just sort of doesn't do anything. Your pulse really isn't moving for any any reason in any direction. It's just like okay, 
Yeah, you're just like Ashley, just like tied to the chair. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Just, just waiting for it to, waiting for the EMTs to drag you out and for the credits to roll. <laughs> and I mean, to that reviewer's point, like the last one you read, okay, yeah, it goes in different directions or dares to go. But really, the only kills that I was surprised by once we get into the, like once the slap happens and she falls down the stairs, I expect both boyfriends to get killed once they show up. And honestly, I wasn't even that surprised by Garrett getting killed because I figured Ashley would try to get him to help either through flirtation or something. And the second he puts his hands on her, yeah, he's probably going to die. The only one that really catches me off guard is when he stabs Ashley in the neck and we don't even see it. Like the one that would actually be shocked. Like I thought he stabbed her through the chair, like in the side to be like, oh, good. You're still up. Tell me why my mom stopped hugging me. And like the interrogation would continue. But then it's just like, oh, good. You're still here and you're dead. I'm going to bed now. Like it's just you didn't even give me the one kill that was surprising. You just did it off screen and she screams and then dies. And then he goes and brushes his teeth and puts the pencil in or whatever. <laughs> we like the less is more approach. Like that can be a really good thing. But when you're not giving us anything else, you may as well at least yeah. do a little bit of um, practical effects on the on these kills. Yeah, don't straddle the line if both sides of the line aren't worth exploring. Like that's it's a weird middle ground of poor filmmaking. <laughs> Did you guys have a particularly favorite kill? Like which one or which action set piece was your favorite, I guess? Not that any of them were the best or good, but did you at least have a favorite? The Nathan thing is memorable at least because it's it is a reference to a beloved Christmas movie. And also, like I said, I like the Mythbusters theme to it. It was like, would this really, what would really happen? And also, Adam's point, it was really uh, cool to look at the red and yellow mixing. So for those reasons. Um, I liked Jeremy's death because Jeremy was there. <laughs> yeah, we got to see Jeremy on screen. We was... <laughs> got to see Jeremy, a dynamic and charismatic character for once. Yeah, he was one of the people who I had recognized when I looked at the IMDb earlier. So I was waiting for him to show up. But through the beginning part of the movie, I was like, oh, he's the he's the killer stalking the house. Oh, no, he's just he's just Jeremy. Welcome, Jeremy. (laughs) My favorite kill is is the one in the closet where she hit that mask off the door. (laughs) (laughs) She does like really let it have it. Yeah, she bitch left that thing real good. Like that, and this was before the movie completely went off the rails, but um, that was kind of funny. What I really kind of laughed at, I'm like, I really hope we get a lot more of this throughout the movie because I kind of like this tone. The Santa Claus ornament, like being in the house with the shh, with the finger of the, the mouth. Good, good imagery, good stuff. I'm like, all right, I like this. I like where it's going. And then he never comes back. Santa never comes back. He doesn't. Santa yeah. did not come to town tonight. And that's part of like why I think the first half an hour is so good is because you get that Santa moment. I don't know if you guys caught this, but when they're first sitting down to watch the horror movie, there is a silhouette in one of the back windows of a person standing there. Like there was a cardboard cutout that you see him bringing back inside at the end of the movie. But like that was out there in the in the yard or whatever. And I was like, oh, shit, like there's somebody outside watching them. Like, this is creepy as fuck. There's a lot of shit going on here. 
but yeah, and then it just completely goes off the rails with the- Yeah, there was some good like sound design with like the someone running in snow like in the backyard and doors being left open and mm-hmm. some good stuff going on there. Also, I feel like when everyone was downstairs, they heard, and the brick gets thrown through the uh the window using that weird old style trebuchet that that family just happens to have in the backyard. <laughs> um I definitely heard like someone walking upstairs and downstairs, even though all of the kids were accounted for. And it it was just kind of like, wait, what? No, you you made all these creepy sounds and, you know, all these creaks and all these different things. But everyone's accounted for. You can't then just tell me like, oh, I was the kid the whole time. It was just it was just those two. There's lovable scamps high on Oxycontin and brothers joints. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's some like continuity problems going on there. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Adam. I do not like. Oh yeah, we sold you this idea with all all of these, you know, details. But here's the truth, and you just got to take it as it is. And it's like, no, 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 somebody, you've contradicted yourself with some of these details. Do not. Yeah, like they put in too many details, and then we're just like, no, no, it was actually this other thing the whole time. I'm like, but then why were all the sounds different, and why was there clearly? someone upstairs and someone downstairs that doesn't make any sense like i think at one point when they were going to the like the attic room and that person was traipsing through the hallway upstairs you heard commotion downstairs and it gave the sense that there was two intruders and but there was only ever just one so it's like yeah they were they went so hard to subvert your expectations that they painted themselves into an unrealistic corner i guess yeah. Which, you know, it's their own fault. The thing is, like, they could have they could have earned this twist that they decided to put in the first third of the movie, like at the end of the movie, kind of like a la Scream or whatever. But they decided to, like, basically make this whole movie like the third act of a movie. Like I said, Scream. It was like watching the last 10 minutes of Scream for 80 minutes or whatever, 70 minutes. Yeah, I got you now. Again, if you built up, if you start, like, seeing the reveal of the babysitter finding... Uh, sinister notebooks and messages and, you know, web history or some shit like that mm-hmm. along the way. And then he kind of just like flipped at the end. It's it's it doesn't need to like show you all its cards right away. But at the very least, it's like hinting at this kid is a sociopath and this is but they just do it too early. And by then it's like they don't even try to explain itself. Yeah. And I think there's too many like kidnap monologues because there's several like he takes the tape off and puts it back on and then gives a little monologue and then takes the tape off and then puts it back on and gives another one like there's too many weird interrogations truth or dares all of those scenes are just too frequent and too long and to your point johnny if you stretched out the first third to the first two thirds then i think that last half an hour could have been a harrowing are the boyfriend's going to come save the day? Is the ex going to come save the day? Is Garrett going to have, uh, you know, a realization that this is awful? Like, can we do this? And then it kind of, it goes beat, beat, beat really quickly. But you could set up a lot of that with a longer, oh, he doesn't get drunk right away. He doesn't do the home invasion right away. Like, draw it out. And this was what I was kind of asking you about before, Zach, of would you prefer a more long drawn out movie or a lot of jump scares. And I think this goes really quickly for the jump scares right at the beat and just completely dismisses the idea of the long, slow burn for this psychopath reveal. It's really good points, guys, because it sounds like 
people were enjoying the uh, fear of the unknown in the beginning. What's happening here? And they really could have drawn that out. But it's like, surprise, here's the twist. And yeah, just way too drawn out of a final act. Right. Yeah. And like like you said, those conversations, Adam, all right, then fine, like give me character development of this kid then. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If you're not just going to show, if you're not going to like pepper it in, in like the, over the first two thirds and you're just going to show us right away, okay, then have him like start like playing like mental games with his victims or with the girl like, oh, you don't remember when I did this so long ago or whatever. I mean, there were so many opportunities that none of the shit they did progressed the story or the character development in any way. Yeah, I think the only example of that, and it it was too spaced out, was I loved the truth or dare. Okay, truth. Did you ever tell Garrett that you killed his hamster accidentally or whatever? And then saying, oh, you cried. You cried when you killed the hamster. I remember you told me and you cried. And he was like, I did that on purpose. Like, I, I wanted to murder the hamster. Do more stuff of that to show yeah. that he's always been this unhinged kid. You know, we I think in that same moment, we also get the how did you get away? I faked sleepwalking. So that way you could sneak out. I told them about the muggers or whatever when you skipped fourth period. Like they just kind of threw all those things in there after we had already spent a half an hour, 45 minutes realizing this kid was a piece of shit. Like I needed to maybe have more of that. Set it up at the beginning where he's got sleepwalking and him and Garrett were accused of cutting fourth period. Like have the mom lay those things out maybe when she's giving the rundown about babysitting. And then they can come back and be like, oh, he manipulated the whole situation. That makes more sense. Like there's just better ways to do those reveals than just, oh, yeah, I did all these things because we always I always win. I'm so smart. I'm the smartest man ever. Right. Yeah, this is YouTube videos, Facebook posts. I mean, this is just random examples, but give us little glimpses into, wow, there's something wrong with this kid. Yeah. And then, oh, my gosh, surprise us. It's really wrong. He's really fucked up. Yeah, this movie works as a good like elevator pitch, but like it the execution is horrendous. Mm-hmm. Like I can see why maybe this movie was greenlit when they had that meeting with wh- whatever dumbass executive producer like fell for it, but the pitch was probably <laughs> awesome. The pitch for the movie was probably very good and then never got the script until like it was in the can. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, he did have some good improv on the fly. The she wants you to apologize, write what is essentially a suicide note. That was I. I gotta give it to him. That was pretty clever. But the whole his whole plan originally hinging on him having like Visine or Rufies or some kind of drug that he was gonna put in her tequila. And then once that broke, it was like, all right, well now he's got nothing. None of the rest of the movie is gonna make any sense because he can't get away with this at any point. Yet he gets so pissed when the kid is smoking weed in the house, but there's like blood all over the house at that very moment. It's like, yeah. I mean, his screaming, why did you make me do it? was pretty intense. Like that was a pretty good performance from that kid. But yeah, that's a good point. Like, why would you care if there's weed smoking in the house? You're not getting away with it anyway. Like you can't let the kid go because you've already lost your forget me drug. So it's not now you've got two people who are going to side with you, even if you and Garrett are like, no, what are you talking about? They're, of course, making it up. Why does the weed have anything to do with it? Yeah. Let it go, kid. And it's too bad because the performance is rather good in in certain scenes mm-hmm. and it just squandered because it just it's stretched out. And it's and it's those highs where they could have been like great, like burst of violence or 
acting at the end of this movie were shown right away and they were just repeated and repeated and repeated. So it just didn't, the end, there was no impact there. I rolled my eyes really hard at the end when he's like, mom, I'm worried about Ashley. Can we go visit her in the hospital? Which I, I assume was probably to set up some kind of weird hospital sequel to this, but I'm just like, no dude, go away. She's you're hit. She's going to survive. She's going to tell the cops as soon as she gets in the ambulance that like that kid did all this. You need to go back and arrest him. This was all him. Get him. Right. Yeah. It, it, just, it just wasn't scary. I mean, there were some tense moments in the beginning, but. It's not scary. It's not funny. It's not unsettling. It's not Christmassy enough. It's not fun and exciting. It's like a, just like a. Just frustrating. It, yeah. <laughs> it's like a puffed rice cake that someone put hot sauce on and was like, is this something? And it's not. No, it's not. It's not. It's funny. We are the girl sitting in the chair, tied up, and just looking really annoyed. It's like, yeah. this stupid plot, kid. Yep. <laughs> this edgelord piece of shit. Now I gotta watch this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. I totally understand why this was recommended on Reddit, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. I gotta, like, stop paying attention to some of these things. <laughs> Yeah, not every list on there is gold. Not every comment's worth the upload. No, right, yeah. yeah. We were in a bind. We were looking for a scary Christmas movie, though. So this yeah. did, it did fit the bill. It's got an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And yeah, I, a, a 65, which is D's no, get yeah. passed sometimes. I don't know. I don't blame I don't blame you, Johnny. This was a, a worthwhile recommendation at the very least, even if the execution was piss poor. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, <laughs> after that first third, I'm like, these guys are gonna fucking hate me. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't no, think no. like a net hate me, but yeah, no. <laughs> based on the information you had, it was worth a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, elevator pitch would have been great. Like the premise, good idea, but poor execution. Right. Yeah, and you finally said something, Johnny, that we really should have said from the beginning. Like, as soon as we finished watching, it's like, it's not scary. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's not it's not scary. But And again, but like I said, if you're not going to scare, like the Saw movies and the Hostel movies, like, don't scare me. Like, they just, they're just gore porn. They're just like creepily shot with shot. Like, this is like a brightly lit. They're not showing me gore. They're not showing me any of that shit. It's not scary. It's just mean-spirited it's sinister in a bad way it just it's an ugly movie <laughs> it's polished <laughs> but it's ugly he's not like orson welles right now just like it's an ugly, just an ugly movie it's ugly on There's the inside nothing. yeah yeah they thought for some reason that we would want to watch her in the chair and him doing his thing while he's in control for some reason, that's going to be most of the screen time. Like, that's the meat of the story. And it's like, no, that wasn't doing it for us. And to your point, Bridget, you're right. And we didn't even really re remark on this at all. It's not Christmassy at all. I feel like it's only set during Christmas. So you have that like, ooh, it's, a, it's a, again, we're subverting our expectations because it's a Christmas horror movie. But also, I guarantee you in the pitch meeting, it's like, no. They're going to try to get away, but they're not going to hear the screams because carolers. And then we're going to tie her up with Christmas lights. Boom. Christmas movie. Yeah. And like, that's well, I, it. And why is she tied up with Christmas lights? Because he used the rope to hang the paint can 
uh, and the duct tape wasn't working because she keeps cutting out of it. Ah, uh, gotcha. That's my, I mean, that's my assumption is that that would be the only other thing left he had to tie her up to give another level to the duct tape, which only worked for a little bit. Good grief. Yeah, I think the only reason why it was set during Christmas was either because of the Home Alone references that had to be in this movie, mm -hmm. or it was the only slot the studio had for this fucking movie, and they said, all right, you have to put a tree in the background. Yeah. And I got to hear, like, Nat King Cole once. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's Christmas had nothing to do with... That's another issue, that Christmas did not tie in. Uh, this could have been set anytime. And the carol yeah. singing through a murder, we've seen that done well. Yeah, that happened in Black Christmas. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, there's not even a moment where the kid's like, hey, where's your holiday spirit? Like, it's not even mentioned. It's like it wasn't even mentioned in the script that it's Christmas at all. Yeah, you know he puts what I mean? on the like sweater at the end, and that's it. Well, on his sweater, but I mean, I said it's just, it's just dressing. It's just like a skin, like in a video game. You know what I mean? It just... Yeah. The dialogue never points to it, because it would have been a lot more sinister if he said something like, where's your holiday cheer? Or like he threw some of hot cocoa on one of the guys or whatever, like, you know, do something to bring that in. But yeah. I think it really was just, no, you won't be able to hear the screams because of carolers. And we're going to tie her up with Christmas lights at one point, And maybe we'll use a scary Santa or the, when he tries to get in on the roof again, he's going to knock a reindeer over and that'll almost give him away. Like, I think it's just these things to be like, here, here are four beats that will be related to Christmas. We'll call it a Christmas movie that'll subvert everybody's expectations again. I'm the king of subverting expectations. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Right. It's not it's not woven into the sweater. It's like ironed on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what could have made it though? Like right after he throws the paint can, the big blah blah blah, the big explosion. You could have been like, keep the paint, you filthy animal. See, I, even then, I think that would have been way too on the nose, and I think we all would have hated it way more. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was hoping it would give you a chuckle just now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know for a fact that given everything else this movie had done, if it really went for the being like, huh? Huh? Home Alone, right? We all just been like, no. No, yeah, shut up. Further <laughs> disgusted. Yeah, so, so it's not Christmas. This this Christmas horror movie is not Christmas, and it's not scary, yeah. and hence we didn't like it. And yeah. it's not, and it's not, and it's not funny. Like like when I had mentioned oh. earlier, I was like, oh guys, maybe going into it, you may want to expect some sort of comedy element to this. It's just a couple of things land early on in the beginning, but it's not funny after that at all. Oh, you know, sorry. Now I'm thinking back to the beginning too. Why isn't she just put your phone on speakerphone? Why are you cradling it like a grandma while you're driving? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trying to like I, I Like, I get not everybody has Bluetooth in their car, but still. Yeah, it was 2016. She's driving an old beater. Yeah. She, yeah all her money's going to Pittsburgh or wherever, right. <laughs> wherever she was moving to. Yeah, that was the one thing that was completely unbelievable about this movie. Landlines in 2016? Come on. Well, it's at a parent's house. My parents still have landlines in 2021. <laughs> Do they really? Oh, yeah. That's great. Entirely too many landlines. <laughs> but yeah, just it, it's just a lot of silly choices. And it's lazy. Ultimately, I think my biggest problem with the movie is it's lazy. Yeah. It doesn't right. want to do any of the work to make itself uh, deserving of the expectation subversion. Yeah. 
Like even I bet like when the kid auditioned for it and they probably blew these guys out of the water. They're like, oh, wow, we got a gem here. We got to like write in all these monologues and all these things for him to say and and let everyone else just sort of be shadowed by him, Mm -hmm. which is also a huge misfire. Does anybody have any positive things that we want to give this? No. (laughs) (laughs) Bah humbug. Sorry, better watch out. I tried. Yeah. (laughs) Um, no, the uh, I, I think uh, two of them are well, yeah. One of them isn't alive. Is the Santa Claus decoration positive? Cat positive, and Jeremy. Yeah. Jeremy. Those those three characters <laughs> are that's the only good thing in the movie. And like I said, it's it's there's some interesting shots and polish to this movie, but everything else is shit. The dad's okay. The dad, is that what you said? Yeah, Bridget's not impressed. I like Patrick Warburton. I, I wanted him to be in it more. I wanted more like clips from him. He's a funny dude. But to have him there for 30 seconds at the beginning and then, you know, just at the end to be like, did we talk to Garrett's parents? Like, you know, that's not what I want you here for. But even like this, the dialogue between them about like, oh, will you suck dick or whatever? And the Metro, Metro all that stuff. It's like, it just... It just—it's got a tinge of unbelievable to it. It's desperate. It just doesn't sound written by someone who's been in that space of like married couples who've been together for a while. I just—I don't know. It just sounds unrealistic to me the way they talk. It's too well, it sounded like they were, Yeah, it sounded like they were doing a bit. Like it sounded yeah. like they—you know—that's just their fun banter. Especially when he like switches out the ties. I thought that was pretty funny. And like, that's just their dynamic, and it's a bit. And then when the kid's like, we're just going to – my parents are just going to get drunk and argue. I'm like, really? They seem like they love each other an awful lot. Like they seem kind of happy with it. They were having a lot of fun on the way to that party. I didn't get the sense at all that they hate each other, but yet that's what we're <laughs> supposed to be told. Oh, one thing I want to mention before wrapping up, I did – like I did think it was kind of cool and pretty creepy when they made the Ricky smoke weed and blow it out of his pencil wound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the one bit of like, ooh, gross. Yeah, like the one like gross thing that I saw. Give me more gross. Come on. I'm yeah, it's, it's, their reaction was a more believable kids that age reaction. Oh, yeah. Kids that age would see a wound like that having smoke on it and be like, that's fucking awesome. The most believable reaction from that kid all night. <laughs> and what, what did that kid have underneath his bed? The sound machine or whatever? Oh, yeah, oh it it's like, like a white a... noise machine. But he had sounds of the wound. Right. He had some oh. issues. Yeah, I don't know. I also thought that was going to come back in some way. It just... Uh... What did his mom stop doing again? Tucking him in. <laughs> that's it. That's that is, that's it. <laughs> I'd like to know what the girl was going to say. I know. I... Like, when he killed her, I was like, damn, I really wanted her to have one last, like, biting line at him to, like, get under his skin to hopefully set up her coming back and kicking the shit out of him or something. But it's just like, I know exactly why your mom stopped tucking you in. Eh, I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> the screenwriter ran out of toner or something. I don't know. Yeah. There's a page of the script missing. Yeah. <laughs> there should be a, a final shot, like, you know, partway into the credits. And it's him at Juvie, and he gets a letter from her. Yeah, she's in New York. They got to go to New York now. Lost and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Better watch out, too. Lost yeah, in New York. Lost in Rikers Island. Yeah. All right. Anything else that anybody wants to go over? Any other things you really hated? Eye-rolling moments? 
slight positives? No. This, no. No. Yeah. Lawn was quiet as hell. What's going on with that? What'd you say? The lawnmower was so freaking quiet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess nobody would have questioned a lawnmower at night for some reason, I guess. I don't know. Very, very silly. Just once again, another disservice to Jeremy. Yep. Once again. All right. Well, uh, Zach, thank you for joining us uh, once again for a spooky time. I'm sorry that uh, we picked a movie you had seen before but didn't realize. (laughs) Um, And it wasn't as good as Black Christmas. Wait, Zach, did you watch it all the way through the first time? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I feel feel like I – even when a movie is not good at all, it's very rare that I'll turn it off. Because I'm just like, I've already invested this much time. It's got to give me some redeeming quality, you know? It's got to do something for me. So I'll be like hanging on and hoping for that. And I was really just like, ugh, wasted my time with that one. Yeah. Now, I was betting that one of you guys was going to turn it off halfway through, like send us a message like 45 minutes in, like, oh, I'm done. Yeah. But I thought real hard about picking my phone up and just scrolling during the Truth or Dare segment. But I was like, no, I'm going to stick with it. Just so that way, that him getting his comeuppance at the end will be super satisfying for me. Damn it, he just gets a middle finger. That's that's, that's it. it. Son of a that's bitch. Bad. But uh, but yeah, Zach, thank you for coming on again. Uh, we will have you on for something else. I know that there's at least one thing next year that we've got you penciled in for. Um, so we'll make sure to have you back at some point in the new year. But uh, thanks so much for for joining us this week. Awesome. Thanks, guys. But that will do it then for this week's episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine, I'll Watch It every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, Just this week, uh, Spotify released the ability to rate podcasts in-app. So if you could go ahead and give the show five stars, if you're listening on Spotify, that would be wonderful. Help us out any way that you can. But we appreciate you listening nonetheless. Uh, remember, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you think of Better Watch Out. Uh, are there any much better uh, Christmas or holiday horror movies that we could pencil in uh, for next year's deadass December? Uh, let us know on <laughs> Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. But once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Johnny. I'm Bridget. And thanks so much for listening.